Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this, the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast Wednesday episode where we talk news and reviews, in which we talk news <laughs> and reviews. You have to finish the sentence <laughs> off. I did it like I was emceeing a, a night of uh, a Are you doing the start of a Tales from the Crypt? <laughs> yes. That's what you sounded No, because if it was Tales from, the, Tales from the Crypt, then I'd be speaking like the Crypt Keeper, and he just spoke very nasally, because he was a skeleton. <laughs> uh, what You're thinking maybe the Twilight Zone? Sound like Rob Sterling? Uh, like Rob Sterling? Like... Oh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. There is a world between this and the next, which is the podcast world. I sometimes feel like your voice goes much lower. You're going to break the microphone. Like, yeah, well, the house starts shattering. It does start sort of registering on some kind of Richter scale. The um, Andy Richter scale. It's a good joke about Andy Richter, the <laughs> comedy sidekick of Conan O'Brien. How you doing? Oh, I've got chest pains. It's from all those smoothies you've been drinking. I drank one yesterday and one today. Too many smoothies. Too many smoothies. Cut them out of your life. I'm telling you now. The nobody cinnamon need, nobody needs that angst. Addition. I'm just trying to stay healthy, man. Uh, yeah, welcome to our Wednesday episode. Um, so should we start talking about news first? I love how I said we need to keep this one shorter. And then all of a sudden we've spent two minutes talking about smoothies and Andy Richter. Oh, it's my the, fault. The it's way, my fault entirely. The way all podcasts should start. Starting um, with newsies. Yes, yeah, should we talk the um, main thing that I think we'll talk about the most... The trailer that came out this week. What trailer would this be? I have no idea. It's the Jumanji 2 Welcome to the Jungle trailer. Should have been called, have been Jun- called... Jumanji 2 Manji. Uh, and we will... We will, I we will never, this. I will never understand why they did not call it Jumanji 2 Manji. That is the obvious title. It's the perfect title. It probably they... would have got a lot better. They had a, go- uh, they had a, go- a golden goose. <laughs> they had a golden goose there. And they managed to wring its neck and then call it something else. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. So, what did you think to the trailer? Uh, it's going to be rubbish. So, Well, no, okay, fine, no. The any film, film might be the best film of the year, however... The, the motto we now live by, any film could be the best or worst film of the year. The trailer for this looks absolutely shocking. So the board game is now a video game. But the board game still exists in the world. Because we saw that in the teaser trailer. Yes, because you see them... Because it seems to be that it's dug up on the beach. So, Which is like the end of Jumanji. Mm. So it means at some point somebody's gone... Let's make this board game into a video game. Thing is, is, a lot of kids these days... Play video games. Well, don't know that board games ever existed. Well, my theory on this is um, they rolled the dice Mm. and the thing in the middle said, like, things are different, they're not the same. This board is now a video game. Right. And then it just changed. So the makers of Jumanji had the foresight to include in their game uh, uh, the ability to turn into a video game, which... Bear in mind, at the time of um, at the time of Jumanji's manufacturing in the early nineteen sixties, video games weren't really a thing. So, whoever created Milton Bradley or whoever it is that created uh, the Parker Brothers, they they went I, right. There will be a thing called video games in the sooner future. Sooner or later, they're going to roll the dice again. Also, it's gonna... has nothing to do with the jungle. There is always something to do with the jungle in, the, gonna, in the they're ride. Gonna, they're going to roll it, and it's going to say... <coughs> things um, are different, things not are, the same. No, it's going to say, things are different, call PR. This video game is now VR. <laughs> call PR. 
Unbelievable. I don't know. I'm, I'm winging it, but basically, it, so they get sucked into the game, yeah. and then they become the avatars that are like. Would it be a more interesting experience if they went in as those characters? Because does this mean when Robin Williams went into that game, mm. he turned into Robin Williams. a different person in there? No. It's just something because that that's, happens. Because that's the system he worked by. No, because board at, games, you're always yourself. Whereas is, is with video the games, there's always an avatar. Like, Mousetrap, they're not actually little mice. They're little versions of you. If yes. You, if you were playing Mousetrap. Well, no, because you're trying to trap the mice. You're not trying to trap you. You dummy. My, Come on, mate. I had an existential crisis while playing Mousetrap. <laughs> and then like, I must catch myself. Yeah, it's like the, the aim of the game <laughs> is to catch the mouse. The uh, yeah, so I think maybe it's because avatars are so popular in video games. Did you see anything in this trailer that really kind of made you go, "Okay, this could be fun"? I mean, it might be fun. Like, did you? Did you it doesn't look like Jumanji. Do you do you think this would have been a better film if it wasn't Jumanji? Like, do you think if it didn't have that? Well, it looks like it's not trying to be Jumanji. Because so we, that's the important. Thing. We're of that age group though, where Jumanji came out when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And obviously has that nostalgia element. Like, were you a fan of Jumanji? Because I know there's yeah. a lot of kids' films that you yeah. you now hate. No, I love Jumanji, and I watched it. I, in fact, a, a friend of ours, I, I made watch it. I made watch it. Watch it. Like the last time I saw her, I was like, "You've never seen Jumanji." And she it was, was after like, our Jumanji episode, wasn't it? Exactly right. And she was like, "Yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about in your episode, so I decided <laughs> to skip it." And I was like, you've never seen Jumanji. So I made her watch Jumanji. And she was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, pretty good. Come and she on, finished. Mate. Now you're, you're like, now listen to the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think we're pr- we're clearly the target demographic here. Because, yeah, but, but are we, though? Well, we are, because they want us to bring our kids along to it. But people you, of our age who, who have kids now. Are our age. To introduce... Who really if the kids, Jumanji. Look, if the kids don't like this trailer, the adults who grew up with Jumanji will be saying, well, I remember that Jumanji was really good when I saw it. So I want to take my would... kids and, and ingrain them into this. Do you think they're watching this trailer and going, oh, this is like the Jumanji that they're I probably like. watching this trailer going, it'll keep the kids quiet for an hour and a half. <laughs> Daddy can go to sleep. Well, this is the thing that no one says. I think there's a lot of child rearing <laughs> that is done resentfully. <laughs> I don't think they want to be doing it. <laughs> So I think this is just it's cheap daycare, isn't it? Like what's child's ticket? Four pound fifty? Five pounds? Obviously they're hoping for cheaper than getting Barbara from down the road to come and sit in with your kids. They're hoping for that rock Kevin Hart audience. They'll get they'll get an audience. I don't think they'll get a huge audience. I don't think it'll do as well as they want it to do, but it'll do well enough. It my, looks like it's going to be fairly broad comedy and fairly sort of action adventure without being too intense. And also a little bit of body swap comedy in there as well, which is shown in the trailer. Yeah, like, you've got body swap comedy, you've got Jurassic Parkiness, and you've got the rock and Real Kevin CGI Hart. hippos. Yes. Like, you can tell they're CGI. Yeah, but you could tell the, the shark in Deep Blue Shit the Sea was CGI, and that's clearly the scene they're ripping off. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see. But, I, I don't know. It looked rubbish, but then again... The point I was making... So was, did the Eye in the Sky trailer, and that turned out to be pretty good. Do you think that this film would appeal to more people if it was a case that it wasn't a Jumanji film? So maybe it was just called Robins so. in the Jungle or something, and it was people... Being but we've already had that film. Yeah, it was a great film. 
Well, I really like that yes, film. I yeah, really we, we, we all like know that, that you really like that film. Um, but you that know, and Walking Tall are your perfect double. I film. didn't really like Walking Tall. You've got it on DVD, so yeah, you like it have enough. Welcome to the Jungle. It's strange, but um, no, I mean, basically, if you had this film where people were sucked into a video game and it wasn't Jumanji, would would you be basically would you be more inclined to watch it? Am I more excited be, for yes. Ready Player One? Is that what you're saying? Kind of. It's that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Well, it'll be a better film. I'm, I'm I don't always... know, it's got more TJ Miller in it. Yeah, that is an issue. More TJ Miller or more Kevin Hart? What mm. would you prefer in your movies? More Kevin Hart. I find him funny occasionally. <laughs> so, TJ Miller has got a lot of work. No, to be fair, I don't know. Look, okay, fine. I think this will appeal to about as many people as it would if it wasn't even called Jumanji. I think it'll actually get more of an audience because it's called Jumanji. So, I think it will do well enough. It will not get a sequel because it doesn't need one. I think it will surprise us and do far too well. My favourite thing about this I don't think so. It's coming out like a week before Star Wars. Yeah, it's Christmas release, isn't it? That's the thing, holiday money. (laughs) Holiday money. My favourite thing about this trailer, by the way, was we showed it to Jason Mm. um, yesterday. Friend of of the pod. His face was amazing. It literally looked like somebody had just walked up and shat in his lap. I don't think anyone And he was there like, it was half amused of, why would you shit in my lap? And half, you shat in my lap. Yeah. I don't know. It looks interesting. Doesn't necessarily mean good, but it means interesting. Should we move on? What's yes. the next bit of news you've got? There was a there was another trailer as well mm-hmm. um, for The Inhumans. You haven't seen it. No, I probably won't. Um, basically... How is it? <laughs> It's the new Marvel series. Yeah, it's new Marvel series. It's all filmed on IMAX cameras. That's their big selling point. Is it Netflix or ABC? It's ABC, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first episode is going to be in cinemas. Um, wow. On IMAX. But basically, this was supposed to be a film. Like, yes. Was filmed. I know the story. Then of the it was cancelled. Yeah. Then it was a series, and now it's here. Um, Who have they f- got to play the people? The Inhumans. The only one I really recognise is. Is it Ewan Grifford or something? No, that's that's, Ewan Grifford. That, that's not him because that's Mr. Fantastic. That's Mr. Fantastic. Um, the guy who plays Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones. What's his name? Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. The one um, who looks like Ramsey Bolton. He's also in Misfits and stuff yeah. like that. Um, basically, evil-looking bastard. Yeah, he's playing the bad guy. He's right. playing the brother of Black Bolt. The problem is the trailer didn't do much. Right, in humans supposed to be this big fantastical society mm. that live on the moon. And I think I saw a powerful. trailer. For, I think I saw a still from the trailer. And I'm there like it didn't really go grab me or anything. Right, but I'm gonna give it a go because it's Marvel and I, you know, I like you afford them too much. I, well, I like Agents of Shield. I like most most of the stuff they're doing on Netflix. You know. I like their movies. They they do enough to... So I will give it a go and what I'll do is I'll probably give it like three or four episodes see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And if not, probably give it a pass. Okay. But it's... Yeah, when you see it, you'll realise... But it does have a giant teleporting dog which is fun. Maybe that's what I saw. So... Because I saw a man standing next to an animal but I didn't yeah, know it was yeah. a dog or maybe it was a hippo or a pig No, or it's a giant dog. It's um, a teleporting dog. Sounds rubbish. I'm sure it's not. But this is this is like <laughs> Marvel's answer to... Well, cinematically, it was supposed to be Marvel's answer to X-Men. Right. Because they didn't have the rights to X-Men. So they were going to use Inhumans, so they've got all these powers. But somewhere along the line, they just completely lost faith in it. Yeah. And it's strange, because I think it was Kevin Feige who said it's one of his favourite things. One of his favourite groups of characters. Yeah. So it's really strange that he let that go. You read much of the comics? 
I've read no Inhuman stuff. I okay. the only Inhuman stuff I know is stuff that I've learned. So stuff like Black Bolt um, is their leader who can't talk because if he he speaks, then he can destroy kind of cities and stuff with his voice. Oh, good. So, so there'll be no major destruction but, of but anything. He, but he talks telepathically to his wife, who is has got hair she can control. She's got hair. Um, good. And hair looks terrible, by the way. Right. Trailers. Like, it looks like a Comic Con cop costume right nothing against like really good comic con costumes but it looks like you know you've made it at five in the morning on this is what i'm going as today um and also black bolt's real name is black Igar baltagon i thought you'd appreciate that black guitar black Igar baltagon black Igar baltagon that's his full title he's called black <laughs> fucking this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard but yeah i don't know much about it but the stuff i do know is from little bits i've heard i'm boycotting it on the basis of that name and um it, a lot of it was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, which is really a really good series. Like that. Oh, so season, they've already covered it. That season, like they've done the kind of peop- the humans who have become inhumans right. on Earth through the Terrigan Mist, but they've not covered the super powerful ones that are living. I see. So, I don't know, I'll give it a go, but I'll, basically I'll feedback once it's started. Like I'll see if couple of them, but I'm, I'm not sold by that trailer. Well, we shall look forward to hearing all about it when you do get round to it. Or when it premiere? When does that premiere? Uh, September, I think. September. So Sweet. Set we'll year... probably cover it a little bit later. Set your calendars, boys and girls. Any more news that you have? No, you have. I have one more bit of news. Edgar Wright has been approached by Sony to do Baby Driver 2 and says that he will probably do it. He says that he has enough creative energy and ideas to uh, to go with that character and the other characters... So, basically, he wants to turn this into a franchise well, now. The thing is, I listened to the Empire podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a spoiler special, which I really recommend listening to, because listening to Edgar Wright talk about this movie, normally they do, like, 20-minute interview with the director. He speaks for, like, 50 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour, and you could tell that he's talking with such passion, and he's questioning the interviewers of just, hey, do you re- did you recognise where that's from? Do you know why that's there? And it's really interesting listening. He talks about that in this. Yeah. Where he talks about how... The way he... Because he talks about the sequel a couple of times. He says, I've got ideas that could... Like, of ways it could go. But his point was, if the studio asked me to do a sequel, I probably could. Yeah. But he actually says Hot Fuzz is probably the film that he'd most like to do a sequel to. Because there's more stuff there. But at the same time, he doesn't want to do a sequel where he has to force characters into a certain situation again. Mm. So... Hearing him say those words that you just said. Well, there's a couple of quotes from him from the Empire podcast where he said, most sequels you have to contrive something so they go back to square Mm. one, unless there's somewhere deeper for them to go. I think with Baby Driver, there's more that you can do in that realm. I have a sort of idea that if you did another film, you would subvert his involvement in the crime in a different way, so he's not the apprentice anymore. Yeah, so I I don't know. And the thing is, as well... um, I don't know if I'd want to see a sequel to this. I really wouldn't. I think it works think... so well as its own thing. Like, I really like it's out now. Go watch it. Um, like we talked about it before, but definitely go watch it. And I really enjoy this film, and I think it works so well as its own thing. And I think you could end up damaging what you've built by trying to force it to go new places. Yeah, I think it would be a crippling error, and it would tarnish the reputation of the first film if you then go out and make a sequel that actually. I don't think is necessary. Whether or not you have the creative ideas to make it work, I really don't think it's necessary. I think people would be very happy because the way it ends mm. all ties off rather yeah, nicely. Really well, yeah. So 
I don't think, and following up on Hot Fuzz, I don't want to see a sequel to Hot Fuzz either. This is the thing, I feel like he's a director who works best when he's looking forward. And this is the thing, he's such a good director and everything he does is so creative that I want to see him do new stuff. Yeah. It takes him three, four, five years to do a new film anyway, yeah. so let's not hinder him by putting him to make more of the same. Yeah. Let him explore and, you know, whatever he seems to turn to, he's great at, yeah. so let's let him do that. Yeah, so that's that. I think that's uh, he's been rumoured to be being tapped up by DC for something, but then also by Sony to do one of their spin-offs for but, Spider-Man. But it's like you said the other week, which is wherever he goes, they have to be willing to make an Edgar Wright movie because I think he's been burnt in the past. And I and he needs to take complete control. I think potentially Sony's the one that might actually go get him. Let him go to Fox. Fox are making the most interesting stuff at the moment. But what do you give him a Fox? Give him the Gambit movie. That's never being made, though. We know that. One day soon. No, they've, they've Most said, anticipated film of the year. Every year running. They said they found out that you were looking forward to it and they don't want to ever do it. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, so I've got a film to review this week. Uh, came out a couple of weeks ago now um, and garnered quite a lot of press attention its first week. Uh, uh, particularly, I think, in the States, it had come out maybe three or four weeks before that. Uh, the Book of Henry, directed by Colin Trevorrow, which we mentioned in the news articles last week, uh, because people were petitioning for um, Colin Trevorrow to be taken off of Star Wars Episode Nine because of this film. Is it Trevorrow or Trevorrow? People Trevorrow. say it differently. Trevorrow. Okay. Colin Trevorrow. There's no A in it. I like the fact you There's no Trevorrow. That's how, it's just that's how I hear some people say his name, and I always confuse. It's the whole Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot situation. Gadot is correct. I call Gadot. I know you do, and it's the reason that we're a thrilling podcast to listen to. <laughs> those, because of the those thrilling debates the over conflict. names. Um, Carry on, Alex Hussan. Okay. So, the Book of Henry is uh, it's a it's an interesting beast. Um, so the basic plot line, I'll I'll give you the very premise. Yeah, because of it. I won't you, I won't fill you in with all the spills. You and thrills. explain the plot to me. But mm-hmm. You've explained to me in full detail. Yeah, like I imagine you're going to do brief here. But this sounds ridiculous. I'm just going to preface that now. So interestingly, it came out the week after Gifted came out over here. Mm-hmm. Gifted seemed to be a sort of gifted child movie in the vein of many others that we've seen over mm-hmm. the years. Nothing necessarily revolutionary in terms of what it's doing. It tells the story of a gifted child who brings the family close together and also creates conflicts and stuff like that. Fine. The Book of Henry is a film about a gifted child called Henry. He's 11 years old um, and he essentially keeps his family moving. Um, He lives with his younger brother, played by Jacob Tremblay, who we both loved in uh, Room last year. And his single mother is Naomi Watts. Father walked out of the picture years ago. He is a genius and he is able to provide for the family despite only being 11 through playing the stock market. And he's got a stock market insider who he goes to and says, right, I want this, this and this, buy up this, sell this. And he has these conversations on payphones outside of his school where he's doing the daily business. And sometimes he meets up with Matthew McConaughey and they start beating their chests together like... Mm. Honestly, I wish that that was the weirdest that the film got, but it gets so much weirder. Um, Matthew McConaughey isn't in this film. No, he's not, no. Um, The film itself then sort of goes into 15 different places and doesn't really do any of them well, sadly. Um, So covered amongst the the greater plot, 
you have his genius sort of thing and him having to go to a regular school because it suits him to blend in with other people who are more like regular people who he'll have to interact with once he leaves school. But then it also goes into the realms of child abuse and terminal illness and grief and, weirdly, uh, an assassination plot. And a dance competition. And a dance competition. A talent competition. Yes, a talent competition. Um, So, it... At no point is it a good film. Uh, it is a bad film. That is, that much is true. I don't think it's quite as bad as some people were making out. I don't think it's the worst film of the last ten years or whatever. Yeah. I think it's horribly misjudged. I think every single element of it is completely wrong. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you if you chose one of them, maybe you can make a decent film out. Maybe if you choose one or two elements or issues to sort of make a film about, then you could make that film and make it a well-rounded film. Yeah. The problem is, you go into five different directions, all of which are handled really clunkily, and as a result, you come out of the film going, I don't understand what I've just watched. Despite it being, I don't know, one forty-five, I think it is, mm-hmm. one hour 45. It's a you know middling film in terms of its time, but it's it's completely baffling from start to finish, because you, you start on a new plot thread, and you go, oh right, okay, so this is happening alongside the other thing? Oh right, but that's feeding into <laughs> the... And th- this is the reason that this happened. If I mean, I think you'll you'll struggle to find it now. I think it's gone out of most major cinemas. You may find it in some of the smaller art house cinemas. I really would not recommend this film. I I know that it sounds maybe intriguing, but honestly, it, it just sounds. If you wait till it's out on DVD and you want to risk it, by all means. But it is not executed well at all. The performances are shrieking in some cases. Mm. Just I. The problem is they're given such strange material to work with that I don't think that you can really make anything of those roles. Well, it's really weird because you, when you explained this, like you've explained this to me in more intricate detail than what you just did. Mm. And my first thought was, how did this pass? Uh, I can't understand. Everyone, but I can't understand how went, no yeah, one said. Fine. I think they tried to. I think they've looked at it and gone, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's quirky, it's fun, it's kooky." It's none of those anyway, things. Oh, Conor, it's Conor not quirky. Just it's a mess. World. It's not fun. It's a mess, and it's not kooky. It's a mess. That's. It's just the problem with it is, it's trying to be fifteen different films, yeah. and it's failing to be one. So, if you're if you're starting out like that, then there's no way for you to go. He shouldn't be pulled off of Star Wars. No. This, there's absolutely no reason for that. His last film being Jurassic World, that was a, you know, what, what you know, my my opinions on it have been well noted by you, maybe not by the podcast ears, but they haven't listened to my opinions. Um, but I did not like Jurassic World. You liked it enough, mm-hmm. and it's it's probably a competently directed... It's directed well enough. I think there's fundamental issues with it, but I don't think they're with the direction. I think it's with the script, mainly. Uh, but... Safety Not Guaranteed, which came before that, was really good, and I really enjoyed it. So, I just can't, I can't work out whether or not he's got something really sparky there, or if he's just been right place, right time, and, I don't know. We'll know by Star Wars. Star Wars, you know, the saga ones, we'll see, we'll see this year how they're getting along, I suppose. Mm. How long have we got? Uh, We've got about a minute left. Oh, so I can't talk about Moana? It's good. Say that. Oh. 
People know it's good. They've seen it. They've bought it on DVD. I've seen it now. Okay, so tell me about Moana. Give me a 30-second review of Moana. Moana is the story of a um, a girl who um, basically has to go and save her tribe by getting Mau- the god Maui, played by Dwayne Johnson, to put the heart of the something back on the right island. It's basically a musical by Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's fantastic. It's it's fun. It's kind of um, goes against the Disney princess elements that we've seen before. You know, it's kind of a new age kind of uh, female hero for for little girls to really kind of aspire to be. Mm. You know, she's strong. She's she's powerful. She's capable. You know, it's great. And then you get the characters of Dwayne Johnson and uh, you know playing Maui and everything else around it, it looks fantastic and its comedy is top notch and the songs have been stuck in my head since I've seen it. Like, it, it, it's really, really wonderful and I'm gutted I didn't see this before um, the end of last year yeah. because I really think it would have been right up there. Like, I think it was really strong. I think it was probably, and we kind of disagree a little bit on this, I think it's probably my favourite animation of last year. Mm. I know you preferred Kubo, didn't you? I'm still flying the flag for Kubo. And I, I really enjoy Kubo. I think it does some wonderful things and it looks amazing. But I just feel this tipped it over the edge a little bit for me. I, I really enjoyed it and I'm really glad I caught up with it. And I think if you haven't seen it yet um, and you've been kind of maybe holding off or not got around to it, definitely try and search it out. It is out on DVD and that lot now. So if you can get a copy, go watch it because especially if you've got little kids, they're going to love this. And I think it's a shame this didn't get as much praise as, say, Frozen did. Because Frozen became this huge, phenomenal thing. Yeah. And I think that, actually, this is just as competently made. It's just as... Oh, it's a better film than Frozen. Stuff like that. You know, I think it definitely deserves a great look. Mm. And, you know, it's something that... It's a film that explores a culture that doesn't really get explored that often in yeah. movies. And so, no, it's, it's really great. I really enjoyed it. And I just wanted to mention it because I managed to actually catch up with it. And I think... It definitely deserves a shout out to go and watch this. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> you, you sounded like yeah, but I think it's bullshit. No, I, I love it. I love it. I think it's a great film. Uh, I think that you're right. The the female characters in that film are you know great role models to have, and certainly within uh, within a series of films, well, series of films, or within a. Uh, a studio that has been noted for making very cookie cutter formula things. Hmm. It's it's good to see some progression, I suppose. That's all for this week, folks. Uh, until Sunday, which will be our Spider Man Homecoming spoiler review. Uh, as always, you can rate, comment, subscribe, review, and leave nice things about us. If you want to contact us, we're on Facebook at Dinosaur Man Nerdcast, on Twitter at Dinosaur Man 15, Buzzsprout, Stitcher, iTunes, all the legendary places that you might find legends. <laughs> Andrew, we did a theme song for this years ago. Who wrote it? Johnny Neves. Well, you did the lyrics. Come on, mate. Yeah. Don't sell yourself short. And Johnny Neves did do the music, though. And what music it is. What is your name? That movie is killed. What is your name? <laughs> Say it, I got a bit. Uh, uh, Andy Hughes. Thanks, Andy Hughes, for hosting the podcast. I have been Alex Hudson, and until next time, don't don't not see Moana. And good. do do see. And do do see. No. Do don't see. Do Book don't. Of Henry. Yes. Do don't see Book of Henry. <laughs> do don't see it. Bye.
Bye, everyone. Was that your bit?